Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 318, and we're talking about deep travel in Cartagena. Yeah, we're talking about Cartagena in Colombia, and I'm so excited about it as a city and everything we've got to talk about in the show today. Yeah, we're here in Colombia at the moment. We're actually in a small town called Taganga. And I have to apologize, there is quite a lot of noise in the background, so I'm sorry about that. We've hunted and hunted to try to find a quiet space. It was not possible, so there will be a little bit of background noise in this episode. Now, is lovely, but it's this uh, kind of hippie beach town, and all of the accommodation is very poorly constructed. It's basic concrete brick kind of accommodation, no matter what you're paying anywhere in the town. So everywhere we've been, every hotel we've been to, has had the same issues with with noise coming through. So apologies for that, but it is a beautiful place. And we're staying in a really nice hostel with really friendly people. So sound issues, but very nice. Yeah, in fact, we've extended our, our stay here after coming up here. It was a happy accident, but it's just so great. It's a little fishing village on the beach. And uh, we came up here with our friend Gary. Gary came to visit us when we were in Cartagena. And uh, then we all hopped in a bus. Well, we tried to hop in a bus together and came here to Taganga. What happened was I'd booked this transfer service, and the idea is it takes you from door to door. But somehow our lines got crossed, and the company sent us the, the bus thinking that they were going to pick up all three of us at our hotel, but Gary was staying at a different hotel. Even though you had described this over and over and over again, over several different forms of communication. I had, and it took quite a long time, and I definitely expressed it well, but, well, it was one of those disasters. But in the end, we had a very nice journey. We got to know the bus driver a bit because we were sitting in the front, and he was really nice. And then when he came to pick up Gary to take him back to Cartagena a couple of days later, he recognized me like, hi, Linda, how are you doing? <laughs> it was hilarious. It was so funny. But it's the both the friendliness and the lack of any kind of organizational coordination that we've come to expect. Welcome in, to Colombia. In Colombia. <laughs> yeah. And we had a great time in Cartagena as well. One thing I really enjoyed was meeting my friend Julian who was a language exchange partner of mine who I met, I don't know, six or seven years ago when I first started learning Spanish. And it's so great to meet people like that in person. We went out for a few drinks. He uh, told me what my medical condition was because he's a doctor. <laughs> it was great. Smooth. This episode is sponsored by Context Travel. Context runs day tours across dozens of cities around the world. Group size is limited to six, so you're guaranteed to have a chance to chat to your guide and learn as much as you like about your destination and their speciality. All their docents are highly educated and passionate about their subjects, and they're always willing to answer your questions. Or at least they've always been willing to answer my questions, and I always have quite a few. Yeah, yeah, including salsa later on in this show. <laughs> so one of Context Cities is Cartagena, and we really loved our time there. Yeah, it's located up in the north of Colombia on the Caribbean coast. It's really popular to go to and from Panama, and if you're looking for a boat to cruise the Caribbean a bit, that could be an adventurous way to travel. We looked into it, but we decided not to when we read that, you know, good food, good experience, and seasickness were three of the major things you're going to experience on your on your boat trip. So we thought, we'll just fly. It was faster, obviously, and, and very affordable to fly direct from Panama City. Yeah, I think I'd quite like to go crew a yacht or something like that for a few weeks to make that trip. But going on the big backpacker boats, I haven't heard anything good about them yet. I've heard good things. I have. I've heard that people enjoyed them, but I've just decided it's not for me. If you're looking for a less watery route, there are direct flights from several U.S. cities and from a lot of other places around Latin America. There's a direct route through Bogota and through Medellin by flight, and uh, we came up on that flight through Medellin. 
Uh, Viva Colombia, which is a low-cost carrier here in Colombia, has really cheap flights. I think we paid $30 each for the trip from Medellin to Cartagena, which is cheaper than the bus. Yes. It took less than an hour. 50 bucks for a 12-hour bus trip versus a one-hour flight for 30 Yeah. I'll go and stand in security for that any day. And I think we only booked it maybe three weeks out, so that was that was really good. If you're coming from nearby cities like Barranquilla or Santa Marta, then buses begin to make more sense. But Colombia is surprisingly large. From when you look at it on the map and you just go, oh, that's over there. And then you look at how windy the roads are and how poorly they're constructed. And I read somewhere that it's twice the size of France. And France is not a very small country. No, no, definitely not. We did a couple of context tours while we were in Cartagena. One of them was all about uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, the author, and that was pretty awesome. It was great. I really love Gabriel Garcia Marquez. He's one of my favorite authors. And I'd read one of the books that he wrote that was set in Cartagena. And as soon as the tour was finished, I went back and I found that I had the other one already loaded up on my Kindle. So I started reading it and finished half of it within a day. It was really good. That was um, Love and Other Demons. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really appreciated what you were saying as you were reading that book about all these kind of snapshots of the city mm -hmm. that you kept on recognizing, like the pelicans over the water. Yeah, there was a really beautiful, beautifully written phrase about how they looked as they flew over the water. And the other thing was one of the characters really loves the sweets that you can get near the, the old town gate. And, uh, you know, we had some of those and I could really imagine them. So that was really cool. I'm thinking about starting a project next year. We'd be quite keen to try to read one book in each city we go to about that city. Maybe see a movie as well. There's a play. Go and see the play. <laughs> it's getting. It's becoming more and more of a large project. It is. It's getting bigger and bigger. So there's 12 cities in 12 months with 12 novels and 12 movies and 12 plays and 12 chances to run for office. And it just keeps on. Every time she talks about it, this thing gets bigger and bigger. I'm sure you wouldn't mind trying 12 local beers or local wines. Uh, now we're talking. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. now we're talking. I don't know. I don't know. This needs more thought, but there we go. Uh, look into Craig and Linda's planning process. <laughs> As you can see, it is not complete. <laughs> and uh, not very much planning going on. So today we're going to be talking about deep travel in Cartagena. So first of all, let's talk about what, what deep travel is. We've talked about deep travel in the past, especially in relation to context, because it's their big thing. They're really, really into deep travel, and so are we. So deep travel is the idea that you want to dig deeper, you want to go further, and you want to learn more while you're traveling. You're not just going somewhere to see the Eiffel Tower and, you know, eat a baguette. You really want to get to know the place that you're going to and get to know the people and, and make a difference. Yeah, I was at the ITB, which is one of these big travel trade shows last year in Berlin, and one of their trend reports said that the future of travel is about, let me quote here, authenticity, well-being, community, and engagement. Now, that's what I've been talking about. That's what we've been talking about. That's what indie travel has been all about for the last 10 years. So I'm excited that the rest of the world is hopping on board now. <laughs> yeah, let's just claim that for ourselves. Eh? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we kickstarted all of that mm, and yeah, all of the world's just, just following along behind. Yeah, but you guys know we, we do really believe in really getting into a place, trying the food, meeting the local people. That's why we're so excited about being able to speak Spanish because, like I said earlier, speaking to the driver was a real moment for me. I don't know. I just, I think getting to know the people, getting to see how they live really means something when you're traveling. So we obviously love indie travel. Deep travel sits right alongside that. And the context has this thing called the Deep Travel Foundation. So what's that? 
It's basically a foundation that's committed to sustainable development of a destination. So they invest in a project that's committed to the sustainable development of a place, maybe helping local kids. It might be, uh, there's lots of different things that they're doing. And then they build a tour around it so that visitors can also get involved and invest in the project too. Now, I was really excited about this because we've complained and bitched a little bit in the past about going to a destination where tourism has ruined the place. So we are 100% all for tourism. We love how it impacts both the destination and the people that are traveling. It's changed our lives so much for the better. And here's a chance to really invest and do research and make sure that the tourism work that's going on is having a positive impact instead of a negative impact, which I'm just so excited about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I really love some of the projects they're working on. For example, in Florence, they help run an apprenticeship program with local artisans where a student from a local trade school goes into the workshop and and learns the century-old techniques and, and things like that. It's so cool. So you can just imagine old Florence from the movies. You've got, I don't know, what, metal-making, leather-making, embossing, hat-making, all of these really cool old trades. And they're not being lost because they're getting the kids in to learn the trades in the old way. I think it's great. And all this to say, in Cartagena, we were going to go on one of these deep travel tours, but I was struck down for the first time in years with stomach poisoning. So as I lay in bed, Linda got to go out and experience our first deep travel tour with Context. Yeah, and it was great. You missed out. You're going to be okay about that? I'm, I've, you know, there's always Rio. Yeah, I want to go to the Rio one as well. Yeah, they've got the school gardens project in a favela. So money gets raised through tourism and then that gets reinvested into the school in the favela. It's really cool. So I'm hoping we can drop down a Rio. But I don't know. I don't know. This this year is, is all planned and all up in the air all at the same time. It's amazing. Crazy, crazy. Anyway, let's talk about the project in Cartagena. So basically the project in Cartagena is working with a guy called Alex Rocha, who runs a youth center. He started a youth center in one of the poorer neighborhoods of Cartagena. And you know, when you think about Cartagena, you think of the beautiful city, the old town, the sea. Well, we went up a hill called La Popa and we looked out over the, over the city and you could see stretching out for a long way, these low income neighborhoods. So the idea is that kids can go to the youth center, they're off the streets, they can learn English, which improves their chances for a good job in the future. And they, yeah, lower rates of teen pregnancy. And Alex just loves them so much. So you can really see that he's really investing in his community. Let's hear from Alex on this. Yeah, the youth center is something that uh, came out of my heart, out of the grace shown to me after being lost out there in drug addiction and gang activity. So after my life changed, when God touched my heart and my heart was moving to a new man, I was able to clearly see the issues in my community, in my family, and the children around me. So I decided that I wanted to do something to change the um, lives of the children in the community. I'm not saying I'm going to change everybody's life, but I want to do whatever it takes to try and make an effort to change this system that is definitely affecting our kids. If we didn't have this place or in the community, the children would be out there getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. So because of this place, children are not getting in trouble, but at the same time they are having fun and learning and just recreating themselves and being better kids. That's what's uh, beautiful about it. 
Okay, so the tour is kind of half touristy day tour and and half involvement in this project. What what did you do? Well, the tour is only in the afternoon because obviously the youth centre is only open in the afternoon because kids go to school during the day, or at least we hope so. So Alex picked me up around three o'clock and we started off by going up La Popa, which is a convent located on the top of a hill. It's about 150 metres high. So Alex could give me an overview of the city. So it's the highest point in the city for some distance. So we got a really, really good view. As we went up, Alex gave me a bit of history, so let's hear from him about that. Yeah, so the place where we're going right now, up on the hill, is called La Popa Convent. This is a place that was started by the Augustinians in the early 1600s. But before the Augustinians or the Spanish arrived in here, there were indigenous people in this territory, and they used to worship their gods on top of the hill. Uh, the Spanish came and they took the land from the native. Many of them were enslaved or killed. Others also died because of the diseases brought by the Spanish. And then at the top, Alex explained to me what we were seeing. Over here we see, for example, the high rises as Boca Grande. You know, they call it a little Miami, the beach area, uh, financial area, and also hotel area of the city. Then we see the island of Tierra Bomba, the Bay of Cartagena, founded by the Spanish in the uh, early 1500s, 1501, when Rodrigo de Bastidas uh, came by this area. We see the main port of the city. Uh, you see all the container movement over there, the activity that's... Uh, they move about 1,000 containers a week, you know, importing and exporting goods. And it's also the main port where cruise ships arrive in the city. We have probably 400 ships coming in the season. Far right, we see the old city. The two churches over there, that's what the old city is, surrounded by the walls built by the Spanish in the early 1600s, using Africans to build about a five-mile-long wall and then a port outside the walled city to defend the city from attacks coming from land. So it sounds like it's pretty binary. There's one side and then the other side. Yeah, so one side we saw the rich parts of the city and the other was where the poorer people lived. There was a really big difference, you know. On one side you had high rises and all of the the old town and on the other side it was just flat, one, maybe two-story buildings and uh, not paved roads. Alex told me that the city is divided into affluence levels of one to six, where six is the rich rich people, the kind of people who live in Boca Grande, and uh, one is the really poor people. And 60% of the population of Cartagena are levels one and two, really poor. And that's where Alex lives and works. How long did you stay up on La Popa? Probably only about 15 minutes. We went to two different sides, looked at two different lookouts. Uh, we could see, well, we could just about see the youth centre from there. We saw Shakira's school. She's um, Shakira, the Colombian singer, has uh, started a school there just in the last couple of years. And uh, it was so funny, while we were walking around, Alex was saying hi to everyone. He obviously knew absolutely everyone. Yeah, we stopped to chat to a few people. He introduced me to people. And one guy paused for a minute to tell a really dodgy joke. It was hilarious. (laughs) You have to tell me after the show. Yeah, it's not appropriate for this at all. Smooth. Is Shakira appropriate for this? Yeah. Let's hear from Alex about Shakira. Shakira knows the needs of the community, the city of Cartagena. She knows the struggles of the people. So she decided that... She will bring a group of people and build a school for the community since a lot of our kids don't go to school. So after La Popa, where do you go next? Well, we headed down the hill and went to the market where Alex explained that a lot of people from his neighborhood were were working. And uh, there were lots of people playing dominoes because it was kind of the end of the day. They'd man their stalls during the day, but as business kind of dried up throughout the day, they'd uh, bring out their dominoes. So that was quite cool. At one point he said to me, you want an empanada? And I said... Yes. So we had an empanada and then some juice, and it was just really nice. That's cool. 
I'd mentioned that I'd like to hear some music, so we spent about 10 minutes at a stall listening to some ridiculously loud salsa music. <laughs> and uh, it was his friend running the stall, and Alex kept saying, oh, try this one, try this one. So he had lots of different tastes, different flavors of Colombian music. That was really cool. I don't know if that's a benefit or a curse, but it's definitely part of being on a private tour, right? Yeah, I think that's a big thing. But This is a private tour, and Context has both private and group tours, and this one is run only as a private one which means that if you're really interested in something, the tour can be adjusted to your interests. And I'm not sure how interested I was. <laughs> no, it was, yeah. it was great. You, you ask the question, you get the answer, yeah. right? Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> and so then on to the youth centre. Yeah, it wasn't very far from the market. We didn't actually do much driving. I think Cartagena is a relatively compact city. And on the way, we stopped at Shakira's school. We didn't go in, but just had a look inside, so it was quite cool. And then when we got to the youth centre, there was quite a lot of work going on. Uh, they're building a, a couple of rooms upstairs. They've got two rooms downstairs where the, the classes are held, and they're building two rooms upstairs, which will include a kitchen and some bathrooms. So it's really developing, which was exciting to see. And what were they learning in the classroom? Uh, there was an English class going on. There was a group of volunteers there, and they were leading an English class. I think they were talking about places in a town, and the kids were really interested. They were mostly girls with a couple of boys. And then when Alex and I came in, we, we paused the lessons so we could introduce ourselves, and the kids asked me some questions. Lots of, what's your favorite? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite number? You know, all of the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. After uh, years and years of English teaching experience, I hope you handled that with aplomb. Oh, I was great. Awesome. Tell me about the volunteers. Well, I spoke to Rachel, who was on the World Race. Why don't we let her explain herself? I am Rachel Pulitsky. I'm from Naples, Florida, and I'm on the World Race. It's an 11-month um, mission trip to 11 different countries. So this is our month three. We just came from Peru to Ecuador, and now we're in Colombia for the whole month of March. We've been here for about a week now, almost a week. Um, we got to see different parts of Cartagena so far, the really nice part, and then like we're here in kind of, it's a little bit more um, of like a rough area. The two neighborhoods right beside each other right here are, the kids are in like fights. So we've heard like gunshots every night, and it's just really, it's, it's a tough neighborhood. Yeah. So what kind of work are you doing here at the youth center? Yeah, um, we are teaching English around like the later afternoon. So we do it in like at night. Um, we come out here and just a whole bunch of kids just flock to us and we get to play with them. <laughs> so it's like the best, yeah, it's like the best month. Yeah. After a bit more time at the youth center, we headed back to Alex's house where his wife prepared a delicious meal and his children all introduced themselves. They are so polite. They're aged between about 13 and 22, I think he said. And they were, they were all really friendly. And then back home? Yeah, and that was it, sadly. I mean, it was a good long trip. I, I think we started at 3 and I got back around 7.30, so it was a, it was a good solid half day. Mm, nice. How do you feel about the experience overall? I thought it was great. I really felt like it was meaningful, getting to meet the kids, spend a bit of time with them, see how having a place to go was really going to change their, their life and their opportunities in the future. Nice. Sounds really positive. So I know that if you go to contexttravel.com slash city slash Cartagena, you can see all of the tours they offer. And you can also look at the Context Foundation at deeptravel.org. Uh, are there chances to volunteer long term if you're interested in doing that kind of thing? 
Yes, for sure. Alex is definitely looking for people to volunteer long term. So you can either get in touch with us and we can put you in touch with Alex or you can get in touch with the foundation at deeptravel.org for more information there. The whole experience was great, both as regular tourists and Linda's deep travel experience. It was so cool, eh? Yeah, I had a really good time. Let's talk about a couple of practicalities. We already talked about getting in and getting away at the top of the show, but where to sleep? Well, there are lots of options. If you want to stay somewhere a bit upmarket, then along the waterfront, there are places like the Ibis where we ended up staying, and also in Boca Grande, there are some nice hotels. If you're looking for something a little bit more relaxed backpackery, the Gethsemane district near the city centre is a really good place. And if you want something boutique and right in the centre of things, there are some beautiful looking boutique hotels in the old city itself. That was really cool. But definitely Gethsemane and just a little bit out of there for budget and then kind of Boca Grande and along the waterfront for mid-range and then those really nice boutique hotels bang in the middle of the old town. One thing that we should mention that I haven't actually put in our notes is the food. Well, really the drinks. You are going to love the juices, fresh juices everywhere. They are my favorite thing in the whole world. So they're all over Colombia. It's fantastic. Uh, one thing we found in Cartagena was arepas con queso, which we really enjoyed. It's a street food, kind of like a thick corn pancake. And then they cut it open and then stuff it with cheese and it's delicious. But yes, lots of good food to try there. There's lots of ways to get around, but we found the roads to be clogged all of the time. Luckily, it's a really walkable city, even though the temperatures can be up around 40 degrees Celsius with 100% humidity. It was hot. It was hot. But uh, bus trips around the place came out at about 60 US cents for any trip, and we almost exclusively used Uber to get around town. For around two to three kilometers, which was pretty typical, prices were around... $2 to $4 US. So it was uh, a really efficient, quick way to get around, assuming that the car didn't get stuck in traffic or in the one-way system. Mm -hmm. And if we felt like it, we could have a good chat with the driver, which is always good, which you don't, I don't know, I don't usually chat with taxi drivers, but I feel more comfortable chatting with Uber drivers. I don't know why. (laughs) That's so weird. If you're doing the barrio tour, Alex will come and meet you at your hotel. Other context walks start in the old town. In our case, the meeting point was walking distance from our hotel. Thanks again to our sponsor this week, Context. You can visit them at contexttravel.com slash city slash Cartagena. And don't forget the foundation at deeptravel.org. The Context Foundation is currently looking to grow the program by partnering with groups who give back to their community and connect with local issues and in- incorporating this mission into a context experience. So if you're involved in a community project or know of one that you think would suit, please contact Natalie at contexttravel.com. That's so cool. The project should invest in and sustain a local community. It should be currently established by a strong local group and have a public facet, of some kind of physical location that allows for interaction with visitors. There's no deadline to this, so even if you're hearing this in a year or two years after we've recorded it, just send Natalie an email and, you know, you never know it might work out. That's Natalie at contexttravel.com, and we'd love to hear if your community group connects with Context. That would be so cool. Yeah, we'd love to do the tour. That would be awesome. All right, well... That's pretty much us for this week. We're going to be in Taganga, working away and spending our free time drinking beer and sipping juices on the waterfront. That's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.